From Relay FM, this is Analog, episode number 30. Today's show is brought to you by Hover, Simplified Domain Management, and Chipolo, a small, colorful, Bluetooth-enabled device that easily attaches to your valuable items. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Mr. Casey Liss. Hello, Mike. How are you, sir? I am very well, sir. How are you? I am doing quite well. It's always a good time when I'm talking to you. Analog, Analog. We record Analog on a different day now. I don't know if we mentioned this last week, but no, we now record on Tuesdays. Right. Um, so if you do listen live, uh, you should know that. Yes, Tuesdays at 7 Eastern time and some absurdly awful hour, which I believe is midnight in crazy British time. Yes, uh, we now record at midnight on Wednesdays, general mic time. Let's do some follow-up. Yes, um, I wanted to kind of... Uh, collect all of the Velvi to follow up into a statement. Okay. Uh, overall, people seemed very sorry for me, um, but mainly people, even the same people that felt sorry for me for having eaten Velvita, um, also agreed uh, with you about the love and nostalgia for Velvita. See, I didn't see a lot of feedback, and most of the feedback I saw was in some way pointing out how ridiculously disgusting Velveeta is, which hurt my heart a little bit, but it's cool, you guys. Um, but yes, certainly I saw some that that was pointing out that that was almost cruel and unusual punishment to do to you, but I didn't see a lot. Did you get a lot? No, 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 just okay. that, that which I saw. Okay. Um, Jason was very initially very upset that we spoke about cheese and then yes. didn't mind when it was Velveeta. <laughs> yes, I, I actually did listen to Upgrade. Uh, it was a very good episode with uh, with Max Barkey, which was nice to have a guest on Upgrade. Um, and for a moment, I was a little repentant that we had tried to steal the uh, cheese vertical from him, but apparently that doesn't count. So instead, what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to ship you some Manchego and then see what he does. I don't think you should ship anything like that. <laughs> I feel like that would be dangerous. To, yeah, I don't to think that's a good idea. Especially, you couldn't do it from the states if that's where it was going to come from. But it probably wouldn't come from there. No, I think it's isn't fine. it a Spanish cheese? I believe. I think that's right. Yeah, sure. It sure. is very good. The funny thing is, so here's our, my dirty little secret. Um, I don't remember you guys talking about Manchego at all. And I've listened to every episode of Upgrade. I do not remember this. And Manchego is actually one of my favorite cheeses. So you would think that I would be paying super close attention when that happened. I have zero recollection of it whatsoever. Do you know? Do you remember the fact that we bring it up a lot? Oh yes, absolutely. But I missed right. the origin somehow. So, do you remember when Apple Pay launched? Mm -hmm. um, Jason was talking about how he went to Whole Foods and the things that he bought, and one of the uh... things was I don't think I can't remember where we did buy this. This is in his fictional grocery basket. <laughs> uh, was was Manchego cheese? Gotcha. Okay, and that was the beginning and... of the cheese vertical. Yes. All right. So now that we've transformed our follow up into follow out, what else do we have? Nice work. Uh, we have uh, this was a relay of fills, but I felt that it it, it belonged uh, quite nicely in the follow up uh, portion of this week's episode. Mm -hmm. This is from Cameron on Twitter, um, and Cameron um, asks: Given the choice between retweeted insults and retweeted compliments, I'll take compliments, which is an interesting statement. So this is in regards to us last week. Um, saying about how it frustrates us when people retweet compliments. I had one person say this is a me tweet. 
<laughs> I like that. That's awesome. Um, which I think is what the MT stands for. I no. don't know. What does that mean? Uh, my understanding, and for all I know I'm wrong, is that that's modified tweet. So it's like when you've oh. retweeted someone, but it's not verbatim, and you want to acknowledge the fact that you've maybe trimmed it a little or tweaked a word or two. So that's a modified tweet. I did not know. I, I've always wondered what that stood for. And I, and I struggled to find an example, like a, a, an explanation. I always assume that the RT is modified anyway. Yeah, well, like that's usually the that. case. If you're, if you're going to go so far as to do like a not native retweet, because either you're putting a comment in the front or the back, or perhaps you're tweaking the words, yeah, it's probably safe to assume that a, that a retweet that involves the letters RT is probably modified in some way, shape, or form. Are you a uh, a native inbuilt retweeting person? Uh, occasionally. I'd say I'd probably retweet once a day at most. Not often. I mean, I, I I don't know. I know that it gets to be overload if you follow someone that's like a retweeting machine. I retweet a lot of things. I, I never got that impression, but you get so much slack from me, it's it's ridiculous. So you could probably retweet every four minutes and I wouldn't think anything of it. I tend to retweet things that I come across that I find interesting. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I tend to, to. I feel like I tend to try and do. I do as well, and and or you know things that I just think are awesome or that my my followers will enjoy. God, that sounds conceited. Oh well, mm-hmm. um, your your public will. Uh, yeah, seriously. Will God, I sound like Matt Alexander. The subject. Hey oh, um. So right. So do I have a volcano now? Is that how this works? So right. So I think um. How it works. So Cameron had said, you know, between insults and compliments, uh, he would prefer insults. Or I'm assuming this is a he. I apologize. It might be a she. They will no, infer. No, no, no prefer compliments not insults that's what i said god i'm a disaster so anyway um the thing with the retweeted insults i did that for a brief window of time and i kind of it it was both good and bad all at once um i liked that it's kind of taking a frown and turning it upside down i also hate that i just said that non-ironically um but i like these (laughs) but uh i i feel like you know even if it's unless it's like clearly someone is just being ridiculous ridiculous to the point that it's kind of funny i don't think spreading that kind of hate even if it's like haha look at this person being silly i don't know if spreading that hate is really worth it um and so i do think that cameron is probably right that compliments are better given the choice but to be honest it's probably just not worth retweeting either or unless like we said it's a once in a while thing when you really feel passionately about something one of the problems with retweeting insults which is why i would never do it myself is you're kind of um you're turning your audience onto this person yeah 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 and i think in most instances if, if an insult is insane enough or crazy enough or hurtful enough that it warrants you doing that it probably means that it's quite extreme right um and in that scenario, it means that people may be more likely to to voice their opinion up to that opinion. And for me personally, I don't with these things. I try not to judge others, but I would feel just as bad as I would feel like I was being just as bad as the person that said the bad thing to me. Yeah, and because... I mean, we're getting to the point, again, I apologize for being a little look at me, look at me, but we're at the point where we have a fair bit of followers. And a lot of times if you retweet an insult, they, you know, your followers followers will take that as a cue to like pile on that person. And that's just not helping anyone. It's just yeah, not. If you have like, like if you did that and like 20 people responded and said like, you're a jerk, like, hmm, I don't know. It feels, it feels 
talking feels too much. Remember we were talking before, I can't remember what this is in reference to, about like uh, who has the canon? Yeah, 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 I do remember that. And that, that came from Merlin. Mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. Mikey R sent us that feedback in, like to think about that. But that's the idea. It's like you're you're pointing, you're like pointing the cannon and sh- shooting the cannonball back at them, and when they're maybe just they've got a pea shooter, um, when they're sending it to you. Is that a probably, euphemism? Maybe. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, but but I understand why people do it, and I've also, I mean, Marco changed his stance on this, didn't he? Yes, yes, and he was he was kind of the king of the. Um... Uh, of the insult retweeters. And and again, I can understand where the motivation is, but somebody had said to him, I don't recall what the specific story was, but somebody said to him something like, you know, it's really not helping anyone and it doesn't make you look any better. It doesn't make them look any better. So why bother it, bother with it? And so I haven't seen one from him in a long time, at least not that I can remember. All right. Do you want to tell us about something that's uh, pretty cool these days? This week's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Hover. Hover is the best way to buy and manage domain names. It is the only place that I think of when I want to buy a domain name because it's the company that I know that I can go to and have a hassle-free and pleasurable experience. Whenever I think about like, oh, I have a, a name for a project or I have an idea or I have something silly that I want to buy, I go to Hover, I just type in what I'm looking for and they give me the results that I want. They'll give me the TLDs that I'm looking for. They have all the standard ones like .com, .co, .co.uk. You hear that, Casey? .uk? Hi, Mike. Yeah, that's, that's how it's said properly like that. Um, and they also have, you know, the, the new TLDs as well, um, .sexy, uh, <laughs> .plumbing, <laughs> uh, .coffee. You know, they're all there. You, you can select from those ones as well if it's the kind of thing that you're looking for. Um there are some interesting applications for those. Uh, and there are also many, many, many uh, hilarious applications as well. Um, people may have heard of the Mike Chats Tumblr blog. That sits at mikechats.xyz, uh, which is a, a really interesting use of that TLD. And you can you can purchase those over at Hover as well. Hover have really fair prices. They're good. They've lowered their prices recently. Um, and, you know, you I think value for money-wise, it's much better than anywhere else because you get a great experience as, along with your domain purchase. For example, .com domains for twelve ninety nine. It's a great price. Like, for, for a year, for, for a .com domain, twelve ninety nine. Fantastic. And you get things like who is privacy for free. You don't need to pay extra for that. Hover believed that you should keep your private information private, unlike some of the other registrars out on the internet there. They have uh, fantastic customer support. They have a no-hold, no-wait, no-transfer telephone support policy. This is something they're famous for, and it's clear to see why. You call someone, you speak to a very nice person over at Hover, and they'll help you out. Hover are a great company, as well as being just fantastic at what they do. They're, they're one of those great companies that are like patrons of the arts. I'm always seeing them kicking in uh, nice sums of money for kicks to create Kickstarter campaigns and stuff like that, and I think it's really nice when you see companies do these sorts of things so if you're thinking about buying a a domain you should be going to hover.com and you should be using them trying them out you want to use the code velvita at checkout (laughs) 10 percent of your first purchase over at hover.com and show your support for analog that's velvita v-e-l-v-e-e-t-a and you'll get 10 percent off your first purchase thank you so much to hover for sponsoring this show supporting us at relay fm and for being all-round awesome people i do wonder uh, what what other think of when I send them this list sometimes of sponsor uh, or uh, codes whatever of the codes yeah, yeah. And I, like what do they think we're up to because I'm looking at the the list of five the five codes that we have for the different shows this week and 
they just make no no darn sense. The only one that makes like any sense is like the upgrade one this week, which is watch. Okay, um, that makes sense. You know, uh, but the rest of them, it's like, what's happening here? I find that as someone who doesn't get involved with the uh, sponsor process, I, I pretty much every time it's sprung on me and. As with most of my life, about half the time I'm the butt of the joke, which actually I find to be quite funny because I'm, I never expect it. So, <laughs> so Velveeta is a great example. The next, the next promo code would just be Casey. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that might have that been. was once, wasn't it? No, I that think it was, was the once. year of Casey. Might have been something. Like ah, that. yes. I don't know. Anyway, all right. So we have some relay your feels this week. We do. We have a we have a fine selection. Uh, Jonathan uh, tweeted at us. Um, and I'm going to ask this to you, Casey. Just curious if you've caught your Twitter white whale. Now, this is going back to maybe episode one or two. It was early. We spoke about white whales, um, like harpooning white whales, being like people on, on Twitter that you what you really, that you're a big fan of and you really want um, to follow you. And uh, wondering if we caught our white whales. Uh, Casey, have you caught yours? Yes, actually. I was very excited about it. It was actually a little while ago now, so... If you go cruising through my recent follower list, follow whatever, the recent, the people who followed me recently, um, you're probably not going to find it. It was certainly a while after we spoke about it, but also a while ago. So I will not be revealing the identity of this individual, be it he or she, but the whale has been caught. And I haven't really come up with who my next white whale is, because I feel like it's kind of healthy to have someone that you aspire to uh, impress. And that's what it comes down to for me is I want this person to I feel like a follow is that person saying, hey, you know, your work isn't bad. I kind of dig it. And that's what yeah, I like, it's like about a, it. It's like a, a sign of respect. Exactly. Like, like, exactly. Amongst peers, you know, and, and, and things. I like it. It's, you know. Precisely. It's like, I'm interested in you. Yep. I think you're an interesting person. Exactly. So, so yes, I did I did snare my white whale. How about you, sir? Uh, I snared one of the two. I know which uh, one you snared. I, obviously, I'm not going to ask you to tell me, but I can't remember who the other one is. We'll have to talk about that you later. You do know. You do know. Oh, I'm sure I do. Fact. I'm just drawing a blank. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I was able to uh, ensnare one in one white whale. Excellent. Well, congratulations. So, thank you. Thank you so much. Congratulations to you too, sir. Thank you. I'd like to thank the academy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and anyway, uh, so let's talk about what other relay your feels do we have? Hunter um, tweeted in to ask. Uh, Declan improves your quality of life. Um, is it amazing how much they... Uh, it is amazing, they're saying, how much that children can do despite destroying sleep. But then asked, do you dread night yet? And one of the reasons I included this... I know why today, you included this. Uh, Casey tweeted, I have met the devil and he is, he is the four-month sleep regression. So first off, can you explain what that means? So that I think I kind of understand, but not completely. And then... Uh, reference to to uh, Hunter's question. Sure. So um, there's obviously a million different interpretations of when a baby might go through different phases and changes and so on and so forth. And everyone disagrees. Doctors disagree. Parents disagree. Everyone disagrees. But one of the few things that most people I've spoken with and read about um, seem to agree on is that at about four months old, which is about how old Declan is now, um, most babies tend to go through what, what's called a sleep regression, which is to say they may have been sleeping through the night like champs. And then all of a sudden they just kind of stop sleeping through the night and maybe even stop sleeping almost at all. And so that seems to happen at around four months is the first time. And from what I've read, and now I'm getting into shakier territory, 
uh, and I am not a doctor, obviously, so this is just hearsay and rumor, but from what I've read, this is associated with a lot of neurological development. So maybe they have more senses or different senses, or they're more in tune with their senses than, um, than, than they had been in the past. And it's overwhelming and they don't really know how to handle it. And so uh, that tweet that I wrote was because uh, it was either today or yesterday. I don't even remember because it's all blur, but, um, but yeah, it was because over the last three or four nights, particularly Declan has been a terrible sleeper. He'll go down for a couple hours, wake up. He'll have to be rocked to sleep, down for an hour, up for an hour or two, down for 50 minutes, up. And it's just been on and off. And and I don't do well when I don't have at least six hours of sleep. Um, if I have less than six hours of sleep, I'm a pretty big jerk. If I have less than four hours of sleep, I'm basically intolerable. Um, poor Aaron hasn't really slept since she was pregnant because when you're pregnant, you get up and use the restroom every five minutes because you have a baby sitting on your bladder. And so for Aaron, it's been pretty much exactly a year. In fact, just this morning, I believe it was, again, it's all blur, is the one year anniversary of us knowing we were pregnant. Um, so for pretty much a year now, Aaron has not been sleeping well. And here it is. I'm complaining about a night or two, but it has been difficult. But to come around to Hunter's actual question, um, you know, do you, do I dread the night? Well, right now I do, but I'm hoping it'll get better. But yes, Declan absolutely improves my quality of life. Um, you know, I always enjoyed coming home and seeing Aaron's smiling face when I got in the door. But it's just different when you have your your little baby there smiling at you. And, you know, and just in the same way, a dog is a little bit different from that or a cat, but all, all, all awesome in their own way. And, um, yeah, it's been really good. It's been really great. I'm really enjoying being a parent, except. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, it's been wonderful. So <laughs> I assume it's something you probably don't really fully get used to. Uh, I do and I don't. It's funny because I promised myself, or well, I had tried to convince myself that I would not become a coffee drinker as a result of being a parent. Now, admittedly, I'm only four months in. I have a long way to go. But I have not yet turned to coffee in order to continue to be awake. And it is not something you ever get used to, but eventually you just kind of get numb to it. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I, I get it. The sting wears off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, we have Jim. Uh, Jim wrote in, uh, I think you said you both drink beer. What are your favorite styles? Now, I am uh, not too much of a beer drinker. I'm not really too much of an alcohol drinker, really, but I do have my favorites. So I thought we could maybe expand this a little bit, uh, Casey, to talk about just in general... Um, our favorite uh, tipples. What? Um, tipple. What? Okay, this is this is a, a Britishism that doesn't make sense to you. No. Um, a tipple is just like an, an alcoholic beverage. Um, so I would like to go first. Please. Um, so my my favorite drink, uh, my favorite alcoholic drink in general is uh, the old fashioned cocktail. And that's enough out of you. So let me talk about me. And I like <laughs> to make that with uh, with one of the two. Uh, obviously, I have my uh, previous sponsor, but Studio Neat-related uh, paraphernalia, the uh, Neat Ice Kit and the Simple Syrup Kit, they help me out greatly. Oh, I will. Uh, now, if you'll permit me to quickly interrupt, the Neat Ice Kit, I cannot endorse enough. They are a previous sponsor, if not of this show, then certainly of ATP, but and they're personal friends of both of ours. But genuinely, hand on heart, the Neat Ice Kit is phenomenal. And if I had a use for the Simple Syrup Kit, I'm sure it's just as great. I love it. Love them both. Um, 
yeah, just good stuff. Uh, I like to use um, either Maker's Mark or Atta Bullet boy. Bourbon. Oh, I like a Maker's. I'm very proud of you. I, I don't drink it often, but I am known to have a little glass of Maker's on ice every great once in a while. If you like Maker's on ice, what is why? An old-fashioned, you just put some sugar in it and maybe a piece of orange peel. Like, uh, maybe. I don't know why you have such a problem with the old-fashioned. So we've talked about this briefly, so I won't get into it too much. But suffice it to say, I've had an old-fashioned, I think, three different times. Um, I had... One in San Francisco, I can't remember which bar I was in, but it doesn't really matter. But it was a nicer bar in San Francisco. And I had one in Charlottesville, which is a little town uh, a little west of here. Um, And I feel like I've had it one other time. I can't remember when. And every time I just thought they were disgusting. And, And if it really is just a little bit of syrup and orange and makers, then you're right. All of those constituent ingredients, I'm I'm in. It sounds great. But it's... Well, for whatever reason, I've never enjoyed it. So maybe maybe if we're both in San Francisco for WWDC, we'll uh, I'll have you take me to somewhere where you've pre-approved the old-fashioned. We'll give it a shot. Okay. Now, I'm sorry. I, I kind of interrupted you earlier. What was the other one other than Makers? Bullet Bourbon. And is that spelled the way like a firearms bullet is? Uh, B-U-L-L-E-I-T. Oh, interesting. Is that a, genuinely asking, is that an American bourbon, a British bourbon, something else entirely? Only American. Oh, okay. I've not heard of it. Bourbon. Bourbon only comes from America. Well, I didn't know if it was like a champagne thing where, strictly speaking, it only comes from France, but everyone else well, has the same thing. You know what I mean? If Yeah, if there is bourbon elsewhere, I don't want it. Oh, fair enough. USA. Uh, USA. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are just, there are just certain ways that things are done, and, and, I, and I, I tend to like Kentucky bourbons. Like, it's just a thing for me. So I should uh, apologize to everyone because the chat room is now having a, fl- a freaking fit because I asked you if there was a British bourbon. And I recognize that that was very ignorant of me. And I apologize to my mother country and to everyone listening to this show for making just a terrible transgression there. Yeah, people are, people are really upset. <laughs> yeah, they are. As they should be because it's whiskey here. Um, but, yes, but whiskey yes, and yes. bourbon are not are not the same. Which one is they're which? Like, they're like cousins. Because I thought bourbon is whiskey or vice versa, and one is not the other. It's like rectangles and squares. A square is a rectangle, no, but a no, rectangle no. is not a square. You're thinking of scotch. Oh, is that right? Okay. God, I'm, I'm a disaster. Um, so, yeah, I like that. They're my two favorites. I've also had Woodford Reserve, which, Ooh, I, which I quite like. That's also very good. Um, but... But Makers and Bullet are my, my favorites. I think Bullet might be my favorite, um, having drank them at home. Um, I like ciders. Uh, I tend to like fruity ciders. Uh, and I mean, when I say fruity, I mean not apple. So like other other combinations. There is a Swedish brand that I quite like called Rekordelig, uh, which is R-E-K-O-R-D-E-L-I-G, Rekordelig. Um, I'm going to put that in the show notes. The other ones are easy enough for you to Google, but this might be a problem. Uh, I, I I do like those. Um, they they do some really interesting ones like strawberry and lime, for example. Oh, wow. I quite like. And these are, I'm sorry, uh, these are, I'm doing major air quotes with my hands. These are beers. They're like fermented drinks that are kind of similar to a beer. Is that correct? Cider. So like, well, I mean, to me, it's all like, does it come in a beer bottle looking thing? Yes. Okay. Yes, like Casey, what, what is wrong with you with alcohol categorization? I don't know. It's, I'm just also, not it's doing like well. the the liquid alcohol that you drink. 
right? It's <laughs> oh that okay. Yeah. yeah oh, I yeah, thought yeah. you were talking about the solid stuff. Yeah. The one, the stuff that you chew. Right? No, wait, is this is this like Velveeta consistency, or is this? <laughs> Uh, this is I'm interested to see if and how much feedback we get about I'm this. going to get absolutely eviscerated and I probably deserve it oh, so well. I also like trying like new kind of crafty uh, ciders if I see them um, in, in pubs and stuff it's, a, it's something that I like to do there's another brand called Wildwood with a Y so W-Y-L-D wood and they of make course. Really great apple and pear cider um, which is very nice in regards to beer, I don't have a great affinity for beer. Um, beer tends to be something that I drink because it's what's offered or there's nothing else. Like you're in a scenario where it's like you get a th- free drink here and one of them's a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so you only drink the beer. But the only two beers that I would choose to have over other drinks are Camden Hell's Lager, which is made in London. Um, I have been to the brewery a couple of times. It's a very small brewery underneath a railway arch in London, in Camden. Um, well, it's kind of in Camden, the Camden-Kentish town area. I'm a big fan um, of their stuff. And also Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn Lager. I also like Brooklyn Lager as well. As in our Brooklyn? As in... Yes. All right. Um, no, it's the it's the, the Brooklyn somewhere else. Hey, well, everything else in the Northeast is named after you guys. New York, New England, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do you guys really serve beer at approximately room temperature or slightly cold? Is that really a thing? What are you talking about? Where did these opinions come from? That's that's genuinely an American understanding of, of Britain. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to troll you. Our understanding of Britain is killer accents, terrible teeth, warm beer. No, cold beer. Thank you. No, oh, cool. What is wrong with Americans? Do you want that list alphabetically or numerically? <laughs> so, uh, Tito's vodka for you, right? And we move on. Is that? Oh, how it works? stop it! You is there more than that? Oh, there's more than that. Um, okay. I really don't like beer. I hate beer. Um, there are a couple of beers that I will drink. Um, I do uh, when I go to WWDC and te- uh, generally have Heineken because I am typically around Dalrymple at least for a moment. Um, I do like a Schmidix, which I forget. I don't. A. I don't know if I pronounce that right. And B. I forget exactly how it's spelled. I believe that's Irish. I say with no confidence. Um, I'll have that from time to time. Um, when, if you'll permit me a, a small uh, si- a story, when Aaron and Marco and Tiff and I went to Germany and we went to Munich. Um, I think it was Tiff had said to me, cause they all know, you know, I don't really care for beer. Tiff had said to me, you know, you might like this thing called a Shandy, or I believe they called a Rusin over there, which is basically half lemonade, half beer. At this point, anyone who was listening to me and somehow putting up with me has now turned off the show. But nevertheless, they had said, oh, you probably would like a Rusin or a, or a Shandy and you should give that a shot. And so we were at, um, we were at Hofbrauhaus, which is one of the big um, uh, breweries in in Munich. And the four of us ordered um, four beers. So they're a liter each. So we had four liters of beer come to the table. And myself and I believe Tiff ordered uh, Shandies or Rusins. And Marco and Aaron ordered whatever the standard beer is that that Hofbrau serves. 
So the waiter comes back and, you know, he speaks enough English to get by, but isn't particularly great with it. And that's perfectly reasonable because we're in Munich. And so he comes back with these four beers and he ha- and he says, you know, Rusin, and he starts handing them to Aaron and Tiff because the assumption was, well, only the girls will drink them. And so Aaron puts her hands up, you know, like, oh, no, 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 and starts pointing over at me. And he, and he kind of cocks his head and has the furrowed brow and looks at her like, wait, what? And she is vehemently pointing, no, 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 no. And then he looks over at me and he shakes his head and hands me oh, my beer. Oh, no. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, that's so bad. It was kind of deserved, but it was so bad. Um, so anyway, but uh, I do occasionally drink beer, but it is very rare. Uh, but my normal, I, I quote unquote, every day, not that I literally drink every day, but my everyday drink is definitely Tito's Vodka, um, which is out of Austin, Texas. I will have that on the rocks. Um, occasionally, if I'm feeling mildly fiddly, um, which is actually more often than not, I will use neat ice kit to give me some beautiful crystal clear ice. And so it's on the rock rather than on the rocks. And, um, and then every great once in a while, if I'm feeling particularly fussy, I will make myself a martini. Um, generally speaking, that means I will take a martini shaker, put some ice in it, uh, get the vermouth somewhere near the shaker, if I'm feeling really frisky, I'll, I'll use like a little a spritzer and spritz one little, like not even a shot, but one little spritz of vermouth on the ice, then pour in my vodka and uh, garnish with a lemon, a twist of lemon and call it a day. Uh, if I'm out, I generally speaking um, will have a martini if, if I'm feeling even marginally fussy. And uh, the only other thing I would like to bring up is that I used to be a tremendous Jack Daniels fan. I used to drink that almost exclusively, uh, sometimes straight, sometimes mixed with Diet Coke. Now everyone else has turned off the the, uh, show. Um, I used to love Jack Daniels. And actually, the only reason I started drinking vodka, despite what AF Waller says, is delicious and does taste different. Um, The reason I started drinking vodka is because I had heard, and this may be BS, that since uh, Jack Daniels, among other bourbons, whiskeys, whatever, is uh, aged in a charcoal coated barrel or something along those lines. It is marginally carcinogenic. And I thought, you know what, I'll just switch to a clear liquor, which probably isn't quite so bad. Um, And I'd just like to say as a final note, so I've now offended everyone under the sun. I think gin is revolting and it tastes like grass. And that's all I have to say about that. I like honey Jack Daniels. I haven't tried that. That sounds just wrong to me, but somebody else said that in the chat. Honey Jack Daniels and lemonade is is a very tasty beverage. Uh, I can I can understand that. That actually doesn't sound bad. All right. So now that I've completely ruined everyone's opinion of me, let's talk about something that's actually awesome. This week's episode is also brought to you by Chipolo. Have you ever lost your phone or keys and spent hours looking for them? Well, most of us have, but with new Bluetooth item finder technology, those days are over. And one of the leaders in Bluetooth item finders is Chipolo. Chipolo has some pretty cool and unique features that you will not find anywhere else. They're available in nine fun colors, and Chipolo has a great shake and find feature as well. You just shake a Chipolo and your phone will start to ring making finding it a breeze. Chipolo also has its own network that allows you to share it with others so you can track the same item. This is so much more than just attaching something to your keys and letting it find you. It also does the two-way thing that me and Casey were really surprised about uh, last week. Um, This is a really, really cool 
uh, an, an awesome little feature. Um, I'm, I'm very impressed with the way that these things look. They've got a nice little style to them. They've got some fun character. It's really awesome. They're expertly designed loud enough that you can actually hear it. And they have replaceable batteries as well. So they don't, you know, they don't just die eventually. Um, you, you can just replace it yourself. You don't throw it out and get a new one. It's a really neat device. I think you should uh, go and check them out for yourself at chipolo.net. That's www.chipolo.net. Chipolo, thank you so much for sponsoring this week's episode of Analog. I meant to tell you last week, I'm, I'm sprinkling in some follow-up in the middle of the episode. When we were talking about the Velveeta, God, I can't remember what it was that you said, but you went from like kind of Americanized mic, you know, where you, you still hear an, a, a H, but maybe I'll hear mobile and instead of mobile and things like that. When we got to the Velveeta portion, I meant to say this to you, you went straight on, full on Brit. And God, I wish I remembered. I'm mean, going to have to cut this out because I can't remember what it is you said. It was something aluminum related. That really. that was one of them, but there was something else as well. Yes, because I, I, I don't remember having heard you say aluminum. I thought you had, you had, changed yourself to appeal to stupid no, americans i never will and, and the reason i never will is because johnny grounds me oh it's so because wrong. because we we hear the aluminum so frequently but when we hear it we tend to hear it in regards to apple so aluminium is always in there aluminium i know that you could probably find clips of me saying aluminum uh, but I, that sounds strange to me as I say it. It feels like I've less le- left letters out, which I have because aluminium is the, it's the correct thing. Okay, Casey, mm-hmm. here's one for you that I don't know if you'll know, but this came up uh, in a conversation I was having with my family the other day. Mm-hmm. You know lieutenants? Mm-hmm. Now, we spell it the same here, but do you know how we pronounce that word? No, but I knew that there was a discrepancy, but for the life of me, I have no idea how you pronounce it. This is one of the ones that I think we are bat poop crazy, and I cannot understand this. So we spell it exactly the same, okay? Mm -hmm. All the U's and the E's and the I's. Apparently, you actually, you guys use a U in this word, which is very surprising to me. It is. I didn't even know that the the U existed in uh, the American language. Uh, Uh, We say say lieutenant, lieutenant. What? Exactly. Makes no sense. Lieutenant. Yeah, that's not even in the realm of sane. Doesn't make any sense, does it? Like, it, there's, there's not even a, a, a. There are no other like the word "lou," right? Exists. Right. So, are you familiar with the term "lou day"? No. Or taking a day in lieu. So oh. So like taking a day off work in lieu of working other times. So let's say, for example, you worked on a Saturday. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. You may then take a day in lieu, which means that you would take a. Like the day in replacement of. Now we say it spelled exactly the same as the way that the word lieutenant starts. We say that Lou. We don't call it Lef, but for some reason lieutenants are called lieutenants. I'm sure there's a really good reason. I don't know what it is, but I find that one particularly crazy making. So did Tom Hanks have to dub all the lieutenant Dan's in Forrest Gump? No, because um, that would never happen for the Brits. Although we would have to do it for Americans because that's just how the world works. That's not true. Love Actually is all straight up Britain and Top Gear. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm finally catching up on Top Gear. Oh my God, you're the worst. I haven't seen the Chili special. Oh my God, you're or so the Argentine special because it's off the iPlayer, so I'm going to have to buy it. Uh, we're we're going to have to have B- a chat after the show. I know. The BBC iPlayer has like a, like has like a 
30 day time limit or whatever so i just got on there in time to see episode one and now i'm kind of going through uh going through i'm sure i can uh buy it on itunes or something like that wow that's um, true i'm very much enjoying uh watching top gear again it's a great show it's a wonderful show it's my favorite tv show bar none oh goodness god i was going to ask you something about a britain american translation and it was really good and i completely forgot what it was that's going to come to me later and I'm going to hate myself. All right. We'll cut that out. Um, Good talk. talk. So why don't you tell me what we're talking about tonight? Wait, hang on a moment. We have some follow-up here. If you're curious, it has to do with Latin origins of the word Lieutenant, specifically an alternate spelling of the term in old French, middle English from Slade 401. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe someone would have it. Right. So, um, I, We've been flirting with this topic uh, for a few weeks, which is about working from home. Um, and we've, we've been speaking about it a bit because, you know, we, we both uh, do that from time to time. <laughs> and, well, I mean, like I'm always at home now, but if I kind of cast my mind back, I used to work every Thursday at home um, in my jobby job. So I kind of wonder, Casey, how often and under what circumstances do you work from home? Uh, it's kind of funny you asked me that. Uh, right now, because it is currently, as we record, a Tuesday evening, and there's a pretty solid chance that Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I might be working from home. The reason being, in this particular instance, because um, my team, which is not very big, it's only three or four people, uh, all of them are going to be out for one reason or another for the next few days, and so it seems silly for me to go in just for the heck of it. And And also, you've been at home because of the snow as well recently. Um, Periodically. I do that not necessarily because I have to. one thing I've learned, especially this winter, is that snow is relative. Did I already make the speech on this show? I mean, yeah. okay. So, so yeah. So in Virginia, we don't handle it well. And because of that, and because nobody around here understands how to drive on snow, I tend to stay home just for safety's sake. And so I have been home a fair bit this winter. But, um, so yeah, so the next few days I might be staying home. Generally speaking, I don't work from home very often, um, I feel like a lot of times it's a little harder to be, be productive because there's a implied compulsion to actually pay attention to what you're doing when you're actually at the office. Um, and so because of that, I find I slack off less. That being said, my impression, having not really spoken to any of my coworkers about it, is that a lot of them, now I'm doing the air quotes again, work from home. And I don't do that. I legitimately do work from home. Hmm. Um, now, I may, some days I am on fire and I get three days work, worth of work done in one day at home. Other days, maybe it's half or three quarters of what I would do in the office. It, it varies. Um, I work from home not terribly often in part because my commute is literally 10 minutes on a bad day. Um, there have been times that I've caught the lights in the good sense and I've made it home in four, maybe five minutes. Um, it's enough that I really kind of need to take a car, especially since the roads between myself and the, and the office are kind of big and don't have sidewalks. But if I was a little bit more in shape and, or that's what I was going to ask you. All right. I brought it around. I got to interrupt myself. Is it insulting to you when I say mate? Do you find that awkward and annoying? No, but I do find it weird. Um, so this is a thing that, that I know that I do with people as well, though. Um, so whenever, 
whenever somebody says mate to me, when they write it more than when they say it, I know that they're only doing it because that's how people know that I say it, or it's like it's the you know it's it's the warm like way of saying these things to me. That's exactly why I do it. Yep. But like I say, buddy. <laughs> Americans and one that I know that I do. If I ever talk to Jim Darrenpool, I say brother. Well, th- that makes sense because that's like his. Uh, he uses brother like well, brother in the F word, like commas. But that's that's the thing, right? So like, you, you would say mate to me in the same way that you would say brother to him, right? Because it's like the, the thing that makes you different. Right. But anyway, so it doesn't bother me, but I I find it interesting to see. But I know that I do it. I think many people do do it because it's you're just talking to people in the terms that that make sense to them. Right. And um, I occasionally like I was talking to Underscore earlier tonight and, and you have to remember that his dad is British. It's either his mom or his dad. And I'm probably wrong. Um, and he he's sp- he spent a lot of time here. Right. He went to school. Oh, God, I get it wrong every time at Oxford. Are you being serious? Thank God. I'm like I'm I'm like 90 percent sure it's Oxford. I was going to say Cambridge. I get it wrong every time. He's going to kill me if he ever listens to this. Anyway. Well, I, I probably got it wrong now. In any case, uh, wherever he went in in the motherland in Britain, um, he spent a lot of time there. And so earlier today, I, I told him that he was probably chuffed about, I had assumed he was chuffed about um, his feature in Federico's feature about um, health and, and his cancer trip and, and, and all of that. And so I do that occasionally to to underscore as well. Even though if you talk to underscore, he sounds American. He he was brought up here, um, you know, accepting having spent some time in Britain when he was in, in university or what we would call college. Um, he is as American as you get, but I still will throw things like that in there. And he, and he still says some funny Britishisms in regular speech. Like he'll say skive off. Or um, if you listen to developing perspective, he'll, he'll also, he'll often say, have a good weekend. Like the like, it's not weekend. It's week end. You know, it's a two word thing almost, which to me is very British. The thing with underscore, when he says mate to me and things like that, it sounds real. Totally convinced. <laughs> and, and it's not even so much that I know his background, right? It, he, he sells it. It just sounds right. I'm so jealous. Like he's just convincing when he says it. Oh, I really hope that it was Oxford and not Cambridge. See, I always get it wrong. Every can time I get just, it wrong. Can you just check with him before the end of the show? I will do my best. Because I feel I would feel terrible if I got it wrong. Uh, every every time I get it wrong, and every time I try so hard to get it right, and every time I'm wrong. The problem with underscore is it's impossible to Google any information about him. Yeah, not a lie. <laughs> it's just impossible. David Smith. It's impossible. All right, I am I am sending him an iMessage as we speak. So anyway, I totally interrupted myself. I apologize. So we were talking about working from home. And yes. and in summary, I generally do work when I am working from home. Every great once in a while, I might slack off a smidge here and there. But I can look at myself in the mirror at the end of the day and say, yes, I put in a day's worth of work. And I can feel genuine and honest about that. But again, the impression I get not having ever ever directly asked my coworkers is that I might be one of the few. And they will put in like a half a day and call it good enough. Now, how do you treat working from home? Or how did you treat working from home when you worked for the bank? Um... So, well, it doesn't matter anymore. I could say it. Uh, I work four day weeks. 
Oh, I'm so jealous. Now, this was purely a by-choice thing for me. Um, it was purely a case of... My, my boss kind of said to me, however you choose to spend your week is up to you, but your projects have to meet deadlines. Now, whether I ever met my deadlines is a, a quote, uh, uh, maybe something for another day. Um, but I effectively used Thursday as a way to relax. Now, one of the great things for me uh, with that was we used to record uh, the prompt and then connect in on Wednesdays, and that would always run late the time by the time I had the edit finished. You know, maybe I'd be going to sleep at like two in the morning or something. Right. Um, and that would be really tough on me so being able to just to wake up at 9am on a Thursday morning and just open my laptop and log on to the work VPN and get to work was was good and basically what I would do is if I had something I worked in marketing as pe- some people know if I had something like a brief to write I might leave it for Thursday because I could write it in an environment where I was undistracted but mainly Thursdays would become my like just be responsive to email days so I would be responsive to emails um, and I would then maybe chill out a little bit because like this is you know in those days obviously I had just no time to myself at all so I would play video games and stuff on Thursdays and it was kind of just like a look the work's going to get done and all it will mean is like for the other four days I have to put a little bit more effort in but it gave me basically that stopped me from burning out um, that's really awesome so I, I took advantage of it um, in the way that, that I felt like I could so I just did, um, and I wouldn't go back and change it because it was awesome. Uh, I was offered at one point to work two days a week at home and had to flat out say, can't do that. Because you don't think you would get enough work done? I wouldn't have got any work done. It would have been, would have been a joke. Hmm. That's that's big of you to say no, um, but I am jealous of your four-day work week. That's pretty awesome. Oh, goodness. Um, so I do have some real time follow up from underscore yep. David Smith. Yep. Would you like to guess who's right? Go on. I Go was on. right. It is Cambridge. Ah! Um, I was very celebratory. So sorry, underscore. I was very celebratory about it in VI message. He clarified and said King's College. Um, and then he really dug one in and, and just stabbed me in the back. And he said, and I'm quoting, though you misspelled analog with the UE on the end. So I had said analog, no UE. He said, though you misspelled analog, and he had spelled it with the UE. So underscore, I'm speaking directly to you right now. I want to offer my sincerest apologies and follow up by saying of the two, and I have been to both, I much prefer Cambridge, and King's College is one of the most beautiful buildings in this fair country. Um, And and I apologize. I apologize to you. Uh, You chose the right place. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, I genuinely have gotten that wrong a million times, and I feel terrible for it. But I finally, finally figured out uh, some way. To be, basically, what I do is I, I always assume Oxford, then I'm like, no, whatever you think first is wrong. So don't do that. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. So let's go back to talking. This is so disjoint. Let's go back to talking about working from home. Well, so now my I'm here all the time. Um, and, and I am faced with the same distractions like video games. So like right now, like there is, there is work that, that I have to do at home that I can kind of only do at home, uh, which is a lot of the editing stuff because I like to do it on the Mac pro, 
Um, so you know, and, and the recording as well, because I've got this baby that I have to kind of be here for um, to talk into, and I'm, I'm not really up for moving all of this equipment around wherever I want to be. Uh, I do have a co-working space, and if I am there, I'm very productive. But I've not been spending as much time there as I would like to recently, um, and I'm I'm still trying to get myself into a like a, a, a real strict schedule. Um, excuse me, because things keep changing for me, like the type of work that I'm doing and that sort of stuff, you know. So I'm still trying to find my feet with it. Um, I feel like I'm probably always going to be like this. Uh, I do. I am a procrastinator, Casey, and I think being mm-hmm. at home really doesn't help that. Mm-mm. I'm the same way in both counts. I'm a terrible procrastinator. I, I'm better now that I'm like a real adult, but especially when I was in school, both school and, and university slash college. Oh my God. I was the worst procrastinator in the world. And I, and I may sound proud of that. I am not proud of that. I wish I wasn't. I so wish I wasn't. So how do you battle that considering like the work that you do, like, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for you, but like the work that I do now at home, um, it's easier to do. So I'm 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 more inclined to actually do it, and there is a real direct correlation between me not doing this work and me not eating, where there maybe isn't the same when you work for someone you can kind of slack mm. off a bit, mm-hmm. but I kind of can't really slack off so much because it's not a case of like you'll get a warning. It's like if you don't do your work, like the business stops. Right, right. So you know, and and that's that's a big difference between like it being like you're going to get a disciplinary hearing in four months' time, mm-hmm. but you'll still keep getting paid, and you'll be able to just take the one disciplinary or just argue it away. But like it's like if I if I slack off for a period of time, like it, the business just stops. Right. So you know, I kind of can't do that. So how how do you, how do you kind of think about that kind of stuff? So actually with work-related things, I'm usually pretty darn good about not being a procrastinator. And part of that is because in the line of work that I'm in as a developer, I find that it's the best way to save my butt is to try to conquer the hardest thing to do first. And typically, at least for me, the thing that's hardest is the thing I'm going to procrastinate about the most. But because sometimes if I don't do the hardest thing until the end, when I don't have any wiggle room and I don't have any more time, then I am screwed. And so to save my my butt, I will typically work on the hardest thing first. So then if I'm a little less diligent about you know spending every waking moment uh, doing work towards the end of a project, it's okay. That being said, with with anything that's extracurricular, like for example, the talk I'm doing for uh, next month at CocoConf. Um, I've worked, I've started work on it. I've gotten, I don't know, maybe five to 10 slides done, but I have a lot of work to do and it's hard to find the time, man. It's hard and I need to force myself to do it. And so and for things like that, I'm still kind of bad about it. Do you have any kind of like ways that you trick yourself or force yourself into doing stuff like that when you're in that kind of situation yeah i've tried a lot the the, the honestly the thing that works best which is so cheesy and probably will sound even cheesier is just to remind myself how good it feels when i'm finally done with it and that's the best thing i've found you know oh my god how, you're stressing about it and because you're stressing about it you're not doing it because it's just ugh, it's just such a burden but imagine how awesome you'll feel when you're not stressing anymore 
that's the only motivation I can find to get myself to actually do work. Do you have any tips or tricks or life hacks? Uh, I think of Stephen and I think of the audience. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I like it's that like, Stephen's first. Well, you know, he's. Uh, I've said this before, like, in our business, he's the only person that, from a business perspective, I'm accountable to. Right, right. Um, because we own the company, so it's kind of like nobody can tell me what to do except maybe him. But you know, like, but not in like a you must do this. But it's like we are the we are only on like equal footing in like from a you need to do this type scenario. You know, mm-hmm. um, because aside from that, it doesn't affect anybody else. Uh, it's such a great thing in 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 having somebody who is like a co-owner of your business is you owe it to them as well, which have be, for me anyway, owing it to somebody makes sense. Like it means I actually do the work. Um, and, and you know, so that, that really helps me. But the other thing is like, I mean, look, fundamentally I love doing what I'm doing and that really helps. But sometimes there are projects that are hard to do. And when something's really hard to do, at least for me, like my brain is like, it would be so much nicer if you just did something else right now, mm-hmm. you know. And it's something I've been struggling with, with Inquisitive because it's so hard, and it is such such a slog to get through some of the points of it. And you kind of, for me anyway, at least with this project, is I have to be really in the. It only becomes fun once I'm in it, but getting into that point, like so, say like assembling the episodes. Mm-hmm. It becomes fun like 20 minutes, 30 minutes into actually starting the work. But those first 20 to 30 minutes are really hard because it's creative. And I, sometimes I feel like I have writer's block with it. And I'm like, I don't know what to do to progress the show. And then it isn't until I like lock into that one part and then everything else falls into place. So it's like when you're starting with that, it's like, uh, yeah, it can be difficult. Um and and you know for for me like when i was uh when i was doing like the the job stuff it like kind of got to like 11am and if i hadn't been productive at all i wasn't going to be productive all day even at you know? work or or only when you're at home when i was at home okay gotcha it must be also a little bit harder when you have legitimate reasons for doing something that people would call slacking off like for example playing a video game for virtual like that's uh, yeah I don't I'll work on inquisitive later. I've got to play, you know, video game for huh. virtual that I'm recording today, tomorrow, whatever. That's got to be really hard. Yeah, yeah, cuz there's like a yeah, there's like this thing. It's like, well, I have to put 12 hours into Zelda because otherwise how can I talk about it? Yep. And that is one of the reasons that me and Federico actually do that show. To force yourself to slack off. To to actually give ourselves a re- a real reason to enjoy video oh, games. I'm messing with you. That makes sense. I mean, it's yes. I know it's a joke, but it is kind of serious as well because Fair we need it. You know, sometimes it can. Sometimes, in the same instance, I can also work too much, um, mm-hmm. and I do this. I mean, like you know, I wake up at maybe like nine, um, eight eight thirty nine a.m. And I'm kind of like just pootling about and I don't really start real work until like uh, maybe 11. Mm-hmm. But like up until that point, I'm like uh, doing email, uh, reading Twitter, checking blogs and stuff. So I'm like, it's like work 0.5, you know, mm-hmm. it's like tangentially related stuff, except for the email, which is completely related. 
Right. Do you miss do you miss having a commute so you can catch up on Twitter? Because isn't that what you used to do on like the train or bus or whatever? Or heck no, man. I just made it <laughs> for forty five minutes and read it. Fair enough. I didn't. I mean, if giving you an excuse was maybe, or if being on a commute might have given you an excuse to do it, and maybe you didn't feel like you had the time otherwise. I, I don't know. You know, I can see why why that might be a thing because that was what I did. But instead of me spending those forty five minutes on the train reading Twitter, I just spend those forty five minutes in bed. Seems reasonable. And then after to me. that, I after those forty five minutes, I wake up and make breakfast. You know, nice. And what time is Velveeta time? Um, Twelfth and Nether. <laughs> Jerk. All right. What else about uh, working from home? What else did you have to think about? Um, I wanted to talk about working environments, but I don't want to talk about it today now. Okay. Because uh, I think I'm going to change mine, and I want to talk about that when I've done it. Okay. All right. Anything else then, or we just want to call it a night? I think I'm good to call it a show. If you want to support our sponsors for this week's episode, you should do that. Thanks so much to Chipolo and Hover for helping us out. If you want to find the show notes for this week, go to relay.fm slash analog slash 30, and you'll be able to find those. Um, what else can you do? Oh, you can follow us on Twitter. Casey is at Casey List, C-A-S-E-Y-L-I-S-S. That's Casey List on Twitter. And if you add a .com on the end of that, you can go to Casey's website. I am uh, iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, and I'm the host of many shows on Relay FM, which this show is a part of. You can find out more about the stuff that we do over at Relay.fm. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We could not do this show without you listening, so please continue to listen. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) And uh, we'll be back next time. Say goodbye, Casey List. I'll see you later, Mike.